Yeah, when you're one of the kings among nerds, you uh, and you publish a blog post that says you've you've <laughs> successfully unified physics. Uh, I want to do a podcast about you. <laughs> right. Hey, this is Engineering Podcast, and I'm Adam. I'm Brian. Welcome back for another Hang in the Laboratory. Uh, thanks for joining us. And special thanks, as always, to our backers who throw us as little as a buck a month to help us uh, keep this thing going. If you want to jump in over there, there should be an automatic link in the description. It's probably all the way at the bottom because it's an automatic link. Click, click. Word. How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. No guests. In fact, no more guests till the end of this end of this end of this project, sir. Oh, we hadn't actually <laughs> talked about that, but I kind of like that declaration, to be honest. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. It just we always said 100 episodes was the goal, and then we see we see where we are. Yeah, uh, I meant the no guests too. <laughs> we're kind of like, kind of like into the last five. Oh yeah, also the no guests removes a little a little layer of stress. And that was kind of one of the points of this was eliminate all the stress. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's fair. I mean, the guests have been great. This is, it's nothing against the guests that we've had. Um, it's been amazing. We didn't even have guests we, as a plan when we started. So considering we we've had what, like 30, this, we, 40 episodes with guests, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, we've it, like, we first set out to do this. We said, we're going to do 50 episodes and then we're going to start trying out doing guests. See how that works for the next 50 and then now, now we're in the space of like, oh shit, it's the last five. What's okay? Uh, are we are we even going to do something special for the hundredth episode? I would suspect so. Should we just do another calls episode? That was fairly easy, and, and a lot of fun. <laughs> I was thinking more like get together and have a pizza party or something. <laughs> uh, but we can't. We can't uh, socially distant pizza party. We'll just have to drag this out <laughs> yeah. for three years. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, what are we talking about today? Unified theory of physics. Bam. (laughs) (laughs) Unified field theory. Um, how do you, how do you even start to talk about the theory of everything without immediately being off this sort of (laughs) goofy, goofy narrative thread of, you know, what are you looking for? I'm looking for a succinct explanation to everything we know, have ever known, and ever will know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of sums up in in the grand question of what the hell is going on, right? So, right. so okay, so like like all the good ones, this one starts from a Wikipedia page, <laughs> and and the top third of the Wikipedia page was all the stuff I expected. And then immediately got to like the history of theories of everything. <laughs> and as you can imagine, like that's just the thing that we've been trying to figure out sort of in writing since we could write. And so you can go read that shit. <laughs> we call it like philosophy. <laughs> uh, but like, there's just this human impulse to try to stack up a story of how everything works right we really like our stories and we really like to ask why which anyone who has little kids knows is like (laughs) the first question why (laughs) yeah but why 
it's good it's a good it's like fundamental structure of the brain right but why so so like the next question i had written down was okay like the first thing is okay what is it and there there it is right it's just this broad notion of whatever why do we care about it this week you brought it uh, up because like a uh what's oh, a fun way to describe him sort of i a dude uh actually what is his full name I was thinking I was going to call him Wolfram Alpha, but that's not his name. No, that's his product, uh, Stephen Wolfram. Stephen Wolfram. There we go. I, I actually have a signed copy of of uh, of his like opus. Uh, just coincidentally, I bought it cheap off Amazon, like used. It. It's got a signature in it. Um, it's too dense for me to get too far into, but I've read like fifty pages in ten years. Um, he's he's so like much this, a you know you know kind of person, but like yeah, he's like. <laughs> he's like very famous very successful entrepreneur engineer mathematician academic but there's also just this air of like lunacy in a way <laughs> around him like he's not like i think of uh uh who did the spruce spruce goose or spruce moose or whatever howard hughes howard hughes i feel like there's a right. little bit of a howard hughes thing because he's so audacious with his ideas um he also, and I also think, and I don't think this was the case with Hughes, but like when I read his stuff, it feels very much like even the, the, so he, he published a blog post that was basically like, Hey, I've been thinking about physics for, for a while. In addition to all the other things I think about, <laughs> you know, and it, like I've been thinking about physics in a computational way. Cause that's kind of his whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I think I've found a way to build the system that reconciles all the disparate theories of everything. <laughs> which, which, to be clear, if you are an, a physics nerd or interested in like the the history of physics and stuff, he's basically saying, "I have consolidated everything all of the famous scientists you've ever heard of have been pondering and trying to figure out, and I figured it out, and here's my blog post on it." Among our listeners, people either just went, oh, or <laughs> I already knew that. <laughs> I would say if you're if you're still listening to our uh, show on like episode 95, you're probably anyway, the dude is a, a prolific <laughs> computer scientist and, and mostly theoretical, theoretical mathematician. Um, but all along the way, he's been really good at uh, deploying it in a business context that's like you don't even hear about it. Because just he's off here getting contracts, organizing things for giant people with tons of money, and he doesn't need you to know about it because the service is so like uh I was first aware of him because of Mathematica, which is a computer program that we used to play with for executing mathematical code, essentially. When you see crazy fractal graphs of ginormous complexity, like Mathematica produces that, right? Like, like, um, and that was a really, you know, he made software out of his ideas in a way where he's always been essentially independently funded in his ongoing exploration of out there mad scientists. For sure. Mathematica is like a wildly powerful academic, uh, math and like engineering software package that used to cost probably helped drive so many innovations in in the modern world yeah 
when we were exposed to it, it was like $1,200 and it came on six CDs and none of our computers did support it power wise. I think Craig had a computer that could run Mathematica. Craig had the fastest um, computer when we were kids. I'll never forget it. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but then eventually moved that on the cloud. And if you look up any mathematical conversion through Siri on an iPhone, the answer you're getting is coming from Wolfram Alpha, the next product I was aware of associated with Stephen mm -hmm. Wolfram. Uh, Which is a very interesting website. If you go to it as like a search engine, it's I, I remember when that launched, it it wasn't what I thought it was based on like press and like news building up to it, but like going on there and searching, it's just so interesting the information that's captured and displayed on that website. Yeah, it's I'm just gonna uh, leave it at that. <laughs> no, they said something great. Like it's presentation, a, it's a, the depth, the power, it's it's an interlinked knowledge-based search engine. So like it presents you with the rabbit hole to go through the science of any given thing that you look up, I think is kind of my my vague understanding of what it is. Yeah, computational knowledge engine. Uh so it's 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 it, it works like a search engine. Use it to look up stuff. Um, but it's it what it gives you is answers related to computational like hey this is a thing that we know is this way because math and so easy things like conversions between uh uh you know units of measurement unit like, conversions that's the place to go for that and that's why siri uses it it's just the best answer if that's the unit conversions need. are not as simple as you think they are if you ask you can ask siri <laughs> to solve an integral for you and she'll do it by uh uh running through wolfram alpha you just type math facts in there i'm pretty sure that's where google gets all of their like if you just type uh, yeah, i think so it powers a lot of math um so that's that guy you can imagine like he's you know he's got some fraction of google money to work and with all the time based on i think product. he i think he is like the fellow of innovation at google or something too so he put out a he put out a blog post that lays out his sort of um, the way he thinks you can use computational systems and logics. And you can imagine this stuff gets into like machine learning and artificial intelligence really fast. So it's the stuff that he's been playing with for the like simulations is this guy's life. <laughs> and he put out this blog post that said, I think I found a way that we can run a system in a computational way to reconcile all the disparate theories of everything <laughs> so everyone has gone okay uh i, I want to hear what he has to say <laughs> for sure you and you're one of the kings among nerds you uh and you publish a blog post that says you've you've <laughs> successfully unified physics uh i want to do a podcast about you <laughs> right yeah, right um so so you have to start from what is the theory of everything, right? Uh, and that's where you immediately get to the interesting, like sort of philosophical, you know, or, or historical uh, aspects. I think we'll get back to what his theory is. Mm -hmm. um, but like... You need it in context. Right. So uh, what is, as a sincere scientific discipline, like the the 
attempt to find a th- it isn't isn't a theory of everything the name of that movie about Stephen Hawking mm-hmm. uh, or, or whatever like it's a good movie it, saying it that way is a great title for a movie what's but that like, actor's name there are sincere people who have spent their entire life standing in front of whiteboards doing calculations to try to this is what Einstein worked on right like yeah, very much like, so this haunted Einstein I think is the they very sincere a uh, 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 sect of theoretical mathematics and theoretical physics, which is even in itself just a crazy aspect of this to 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 talk about. Yeah, because it's like <laughs> I had a buddy at one point who's a theoretical physicist, and uh, I remember the first day I met him. My my main my first question was like, "Okay, your office is in the physics department, right?" He's like, yep. Like, do you have like a lab with like chemical proof tables and stuff? Because that's just what they have there for space. He's like, yeah, totally. We all just sit there and write things. (laughs) They sit in the biology lab you're imagining from like high school with like the black chemical proof countertops where you could just hook up a Bunsen burner if you needed to. And they're just there crunching numbers. Yeah. They have computers and they they do math and, and like theoretical like hey if we follow <laughs> the f equals ma equations from physics it goes over here like uh, anyway so but more broadly the idea of like you know this encompasses questions that get you to things like the theory of relativity or quantum mechanics which is like this is the highest level of that like if it works this way does this unify all this other shit we've observed and don't know what's actually happening here? We don't know what gravity is. Yeah. It seems to be there, right? Something seems to be happening when I drop things. And (laughs) yeah, this is uh, the, I mean, physics sits in a lot of ways at kind of the base of the tree of understanding uh, from like a formal hard sciences perspective, right? It's it feeds into chemistry, which feeds into biology, which feeds into neuroscience, which feeds into psychology. And so, when when people are saying theory of everything in relation to the physics world, they're talking about what is what is like the what are the underlying rules of our universe that allow us to predict things and see what's going on and and tell how a football is going to move through the air when you throw it or how a jet engine is going to produce thrust or how your car is going to perform on the road um, or how a bridge is going to hold up when you run a 50 tanks over it, right? It's all of the like calculable, mathematical, predictable rules that for some weird reason we have in our universe. Like there's predictability not at not necessarily not clearly at least at the level of like humans interacting in their day-to-day lives can't tell you what you're going to do next necessarily right now but at a physics level we can say things are going to happen and for all of time those things have always happened and so there's this the theory of everything concept is like this this desire on top of this weird observation that we've made that things are predictable in the universe. It's a desire to like calculate that 
and write down this is what makes that happen in our universe it's a very strange piece at like the core of science it's a very weird thing when you start to realize it's like a philosophy as opposed to like two plus two equals four because that's how we think of science as like absolute but this is like there's a belief at the core right there's there's a faith component right so the 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 beginning of the exploration when humans started talking to one another you know like they called is what we now call philosophy but that was science at the time functionally culturally right it was like let's try to think about this deeper Uh, now science entails all the testing that we use to verify things because that was part of what emerged from that was like science splits off philosophy when the scientists started saying right but we test everything and anything that hasn't been tested still just a guess (laughs) i like but it's just it just the stuff we categorize as philosophy is easier to just go yeah but that's just a guess because we'll never know but like uh uh, you know, the theory of everything idea ends up being this thing that's just like, okay, is this some deity? <laughs> like, like it, it immediately narratively slots into these channels that we seem programmed for that is just like, okay, is a theory of everything God? Is, is, is physics consciousness like is the mm-hmm. system self-aware mm-hmm. is, <laughs> we is just it can't life? hear it right like <laughs> and then and then from that this is where you get uh the 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 fundamental theories of physics when people start to see those that's where i had the experience of saying wait if that stuff's true which it seems to be because i can do like math and show you how things are going to work then all of my decisions that I make in my day-to-day life are driven on that, driven by that because they sit above it, which means I don't have any free will and all the <laughs> things that are happening are just happening because things happen before them. And that just seemed like such an obvious uh, carry-on to being starting to be exposed to that stuff. Even as a little kid, when I first read uh, some of some of the like classic physics books, like some Stephen Hawking books and stuff, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> How can we be building on top of this stuff to build like computers and spaceships, but not think uh, that we're like, that everything's Part predetermined? Of the system? Yeah. Yeah. Right. The, How, how the, are we above this system? That doesn't, yeah. that does not compute. Uh, right. Totally. So um, I think your mic is clipping a tiny bit. Clippity, clippity, clip. Stoked. <clears throat> Turn the gain down a tiny bit. Sure can. I just caught one, but then I see it in the waveform, I think. Clippity clip. I dropped it. I dropped it about 20%. Word. That should do. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the thing about when you when you back up to this idea of the theory of everything, the desire to find the theory of everything, like to chase it from cave painting is just an, a march through the scientific method, which we already have episodes about. So we should link to those. And you should also listen to literally the episode that came right before this, because we talk about how how dice get to be associated with mystical properties and 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 like witch doctors and magic and throwing bones and all that kind of stuff. Like this is even in the same space, like that whole thing of what dice mean in our world branches off of the narrative that we were talking about, which is just like if you can access that randomness. Mm -hmm. 
seems to exist in our universe, you can immediately do weird things that you can miscompute as luck and then have a whole sect of humanity that's just like, <laughs> this person knows what they're talking about. The dice are a great example for some other reasons too. <laughs> the fact that dice are the shapes they are also stems from these fundamental rules. Right. They are random. They are they're random to the extent that we want, right? They have a variance that we want between selections, is how you talk about that if you're not. Um if you realize that they aren't random <laughs> because physics. <laughs> but like uh uh it's just a it's a programmed number generator with certain properties and we use it to we build whole empires on it. <laughs> I love the space of these excuse me. I love the space of the like core physics questions and where this all sits philosophically. I certainly despite even studying a lot of physics in school and being an engineer, it's it's a far cry for me to say I understand any of this stuff from like an academic perspective. My understanding is very much like a pop pop science like philosophical understanding, but I love it because of that, right? That's why I think it's such an interesting space because it it points out all of these really bizarre things that we take for granted as just the way they are. Like the idea that we have three dimensions, right? I can move like forward and back, up and down, left and right. That's just like taken for granted. That's just, but that doesn't need to be a thing. That just is, that happens to be what it's like where we are. But like conceptually, we can think outside that framework and imagine that there are universes with more dimensions than that. And that's freaking weird. And we then that takes that you to the point. We don't have to go that far to break that rule of the universe. We just have to leave our planet. Like we know that that can be because <laughs> we've been to space and there's right. no gravity. We were flatlanders for a long time. We were just right? around <laughs> for, for a long time. Uh, and most animals probably just think they're walking around on a flat planet fish think they're uh uh, birds think they're swimming that's one of the things i always used to i always used to say and lobsters think they're jogging yes Um, (laughs) so anyway how are we doing is the question not us in this episode this episode's great we're Uh, doing pretty good how's the search going how close are we to fi- having a unified theory for everything, barring whatever this mind-blowing thing that Al- well, Wolfram it probably discovered. depends on who you ask and what day it is. But I would say wildly successful in a lot of ways, and in other ways, nothing agrees with anything. <laughs> well, so if you're content with religious answers, yeah, like for a lot of people, this this conversation's over. <laughs> we got. <laughs> It's a good, that's um, an interesting point. Yeah, outside of the physics community. To clarify, science, physics, academic community on this, right? Uh, like, w- w- what do we got so far? Uh, 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 the th- we got general relativity, like uh, quantum mechanics. And I think string theory was in there for a while. I haven't paid attention to string theory in a while. Well, I think the most... Maybe you heard of it, though, right? I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of string theory. I think an interesting place to start, and I'm not great with all the history here, um, even though I've probably read it 7,000 times, but Newton's laws of motion that I think are pretty well 
known about. You learn about those in high school physics. Um, force equals came mass up. Time acceleration. Yep. And then, and then a lot of the other, uh, understanding of, of motion and movement and, and, uh, simple mathematical based gravity, things like that, that like Kepler's law of plan laws of planetary motion and stuff, that stuff all came in a time that we think of as, as, as not antiquity, I guess, but like certainly older, right? 16th, 17th, 18th centuries when this stuff was kind of the enlightenment out. though, don't we? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> And the, those rules, oh. <laughs> for the most part, are still used. Like modern day, uh, very functional, licensed, successful engineers still use a lot of that math to do most day-to-day stuff. Absolutely. Because the they time- so well approximate what's actually going on. The thing that I love in the transition that happens there in this enlightenment period is like, uh, uh, oh, I took this great course that was just sort of like it was it was with this really eccentric goofball professor who is rest in peace. Uh, I'll have to look up his name at University of Virginia. But he taught this physics course that was just like, and can you imagine being the one who came up with this idea? They literally like, like it was the the uh, the the wow factor the like oh my god mind blown factor of realizing that these numbers that you just wrote out reliably predict a phenomenon in the world that's a big fucking deal if all you're doing is throwing rocks at one another to have wars like people were literally slain as heretics for going dude i just figured out that when i use this system over here it predicts all those things and the priests murdered them because no, my answer is the right answer. Like <laughs> literally, literally there are stories when you study the history of philosophy of like, like, like Pythagoras being exiled on an Island to die because he discovered his theorem theorem about triangles. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> there's, there's so much, uh, interesting history in the history of like scientific discovery and just thought in general. I think every time we've had ideas, uh, whether they're science, uh, hard sciences like this, or or like economic theories or theories of government, right? Those they're powerful, right? You get these concepts that that whenever we try to broadly describe how something works, which by necessity then says this is how you have to do these things, or even more powerfully in this case, the fundamental theories of physics. This is how you are happening, like without you having any input. That stuff's powerful. That fucks with people. And that pisses people off because people don't like being told how to do things, right? So if you're trying to put in these structures, uh, that shit causes wars. That causes death and and imprisonment and mistrust and cults. And It's happening right now. It's a part of the problem. Yep. Uh, but we're not here to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> Touched it. All Moving on. <laughs> Boop. All of that is to... <laughs> is to is to point out like the reason it's an interesting conversation from a philosophical standpoint it's just like you know it 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 lives in that space where occasionally things pop up and they cause everybody to go oh <laughs> and then they start trying it and when they can't disprove it for long enough you end up with the way we think of einstein and the theory of relativity like yeah like 
we're making movies about the people discovering these things because right. it's like, oh shit, dog, that that guy was right. Yeah, <laughs> as far as well, we can tell, it's because right? <laughs> a lot of that. I feel like uh, technology that that everyday people technology. I feel like technology that everyone gets to interact with on a day-to-day basis has kind of caught up with science in a way, right? There are things that you use every single day, almost all day long that don't work without uh, the theory, without Einstein's theories of relativity. We can't make them work. They wouldn't function. And they rely on these concepts that if you just look at them in terms of our day-to-day experience in life, they're complete fucking nonsense, right? For instance, Newton's Newton's laws of motion and Kepler and planetary bodies and stuff very, very well approximates uh, movement, things moving around and then planets orbiting each other, which kind of captures the concepts of gravity. However, when you get into practice and you actually start engineering systems, um, when we built our uh, satellites that allow GPS that we're all using all day long to know where our, our phones are and get directions on maps and understand locations and altitudes and distance and we get time from them. Uh, it turns out when you put those up in space and you move them around at the speed you move them at the distance they are from the planet, time works differently. So all of a sudden, our experience, we're like, time is just a thing, right? You set your alarm, your alarm always works, your calendar's always in sync. When you put these satellites out there, time changes. The way time relates to movement. So those satellites are experiencing time differently than we are. And without Einstein's theories of relativity, these like wildly crazy ideas that like time is a thing that can be manipulated like up and down and left and right. That's reality. That's true. And we've had to build that into those systems. It had to be engineered to make that stuff work. And that shit is, that's like batshit crazy. The time yeah, well, is manipulable so like, and different. Right. And so that that immediately breaks everyone's brain because we are so, time is so important for thinking about how uh, humans relate to their world. We've got to uh, keep our schedules. Martin. You're wearing a timepiece right now. I am wearing a timepiece. <laughs> I have been watching the shadows. Like a man from antiquity. <laughs> like a man from antiquity. <laughs> we don't have the implant that just tells them what time of day it is. Uh, uh, so anyway, so, so, the, so, so the reason people know about gravity and relativity is because they are these out, they started as these out there ideas. We have tested them to the extent possible in two ways, right? We've done all the math. And the way that that theory gets compelling to start is you go, oh, this, when I added in these extra variables, this math seems to hold. And so it means X is possible. And then, 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 then if we have a space program, we get to test that thing. So we did. And it's like, oh, uh, things show us that time and biology, like time, is actually flexible like based on it's essentially based on like satellites falling out of sync with things on the earth right but like we have things to say that these theories hold but like when we look at planetary bodies the numbers are so big that it starts to be in that space where it's it's easy to say like no we know this because of the regularity of mars's behavior and then it's immediately like okay 
you're laughing at my astrological sign, but you just told me that this has to do with where Mars is. <laughs> anyway, so that's like, you know, gravity and all that kind of stuff, right? The other tack for trying to explain this stuff is quantum mechanics, which the which which boils down to a different set of core answers that branch off of the initial understandings. But like they start to get into like it's almost like opposite answers. You test yeah. general relativity by going further out of your gravity well, and you test and you test quantum mechanics by going deeper into the granularity of your physical environment. Uh, and they kind of don't agree about some things. Yeah, like there are things happening where we're like, ah, that that's weird because gravity makes us feel like this can't go boop and be over here, but they're having that happen and they're starting to go, okay, shit's weird here. Shit's magical. Yeah. They, <laughs> you know, they wizardly. Exist. <laughs> I often hear relativity described as the, the laws of very, very big things and quantum mechanics is the laws of very, very small things. So and that's like all the talk about quarks and interpolation and, and teleportation and weird things. And going what's, on there. Well, quantum what's, Computers. We've what done I, episodes on them. Totally. What I what I like about these kind of three spaces that we're talking about here is like Newton's laws and all those. Uh, I want to say basic, but like the, those those uh, those core concepts. You're an engineer. Of, those are the core concepts. Motion and you physics and the world. Those apply very well where we live, right? They make a lot of sense. You can calculate like how a car banks around a corner. Um, with those laws of physics. All of a sudden, though, we realized when we started thinking practically about leaving our planet, we said, hold up, shit's just got weird. Things aren't quite working the way we thought they were. And so we invented shit's relativity to describe this. And all of a sudden, now we're talking about stuff that we can't really do anything with, right? We're talking, we talk about like the motion of Mars around the sun, like that's an everyday thing that we're super familiar with. We've only gone to the moon. We've had like 10 humans on the moon and the moon is like really, really close. That's like going to your neighbor's house <laughs> compared to going Not to Mars. Entirely true. We've said, we've sent very complex probes very far from the earth. We've uh, sent little, yeah, we've Voyager sent little drones down the block. To Voyager, like the... <laughs> right. Voyager is still Voyagers one and two are still occasionally confirming theories of general relativity. They're still they... in view of our house, basically. That's how far <laughs> we've gone down the neighborhood. <laughs> right. There's they can uh, still like hear us whistle when it's time for dinner. And so immediately you're off in the space of just like the best we can do is look at pictures of these galaxies right. that we will probably never touch and go, huh, that looks like a thing. And then we have the same thing happened again going the other way right all of a sudden we said when we got practically good at starting to look down into our structure right at molecular levels and atomic levels and particle yeah. levels under that all of a sudden again we said hold up this shit's really weird again there's stuff happening that shouldn't be happening we don't see you don't like disappear off video chat and appear down the hall in another room. But that kind of weird shit happens when you get down at these low levels. Like our, our microchips don't. Right? <laughs> our, our computation 
microchips don't work right if we don't account for things like disappearing and reappearing in other parts of the chips. That shit's spooky. That's weird. So even within our computation, like the idea that the reason a quantum computer is possibly do is doable, we're doing it, is because there are these things that are happening here. And ah, I mean, it, they are accountable. You can account for them in a computational system, but shit's weird. It really we call it artificial intelligence or 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 machine learning or whatever. It's another one of those neat spaces where uh it it unavoidably makes me recognize how insignificant is the term that people use for like us humanity life where we exist but it's more kind of just like how how it's not insignificance it's just look at how much more there is what what we are is very significant but there's just all this other weird stuff that's just as significant that's going on that allows us to be, and we're part of it. And so the space where I think the reason to talk about all that stuff is it very much sets the table for the idea of the place that we have unavoidably ended up talking about with all of these things is the computational engineering piece, right? Like the three prongs are going big, going little, and in between both of them is building technology out of all that stuff <laughs> right and it's like and that's partially where wolfram has resided but also it's a matter of like i think one of the messages of his piece is the computational capacity is there now if you think about it this way all we need is compute power and we can simulate the universe <laughs> uh, which is a really weird way of looking at it right and so that's the thing about being a computational scientist like a you know and so this gets into the part um of just like okay what's he actually saying in the piece um well this is also a really exciting place for nerds right because all oh, nerds sure. want to have like the matrix right we're a computer are we living in a simulation uh, is can we can we approximate things with computers and then also like really practical applications like how do we predict the weather the weather is really, really hard to predict because it's very hard to compute it. It's it's an unfathomable number of little particles interacting with each other and doing things and driving stuff around the planet. And so we can predict weather pretty well for like the next hour because <laughs> we can like look at it and see it. We predict it okay for like the next week, but that's mind blowing, right? We've been using the world's supercomputers and all of our knowledge about uh, weather and particles and, and material flow around the planet for decades. And we can only predict the weather like, okay. So computational prediction of the universe is very, very hard. And the core of the piece that he wrote, I think, is, you know, I mean, all of all of everything we've said about him so far, I think, puts you in the space of just like, okay, this the level of understanding, the way of thinking about the world is essentially computational, right? So it's not even like what number pops out. It's like what happened in between to make that number pop out and that number is reliable, right? So basically his piece is like, you know, he's been thinking about, he, you know, he tells his story and he's like, I've been thinking about physics since the 1990s. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay. so he's very jovial. I really enjoy reading like, his pieces. Yeah. So I, one of the things we're going to say earlier is I think some of the reason for his mad scientist sort of vibe is just like his stuff is readable. 
I mean, eventually it gets down to a textbook level and I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying at all. But like, it's a, this is a readable post. And he talks about, hey, here's what I figured out with computational stuff in the 80s. I started thinking about physics in the 90s. And most recently, we had this idea, like, what if we can just back it up to thinking about it in this particular computational way that he lays out in the paper? Like, can we reduce this to something stupid, stupid, simple? It's it's literally like X comma Y equals Y comma X. And then here's what you do if that happens. And those are like the only two rules of the system. And it's relational. So it it's 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 a knowledge database. So it's aware of itself, essentially. Um and you know, like, like, like it ends up lining up with weird things like blockchains because it's essentially like, okay, if we do these computations in such a way that the 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 system is not just aware of the data points, but also aware of how that data point was created, and that journey makes that data point distinct, even if they have the same value within the system, like you. In the piece, he calls them hypergraphs, which is essentially like, instead of having a, a bar chart that's like 10%, then 20%, then whatever, like what actually matters is literally the interconnection between every data point within a complex system of scenarios. And it goes back to this thing of, of just, can you use a very simple, like uh, uh, computational rule and start to see simulations once you run the computations through that look like biological processes. And he's basically like, yeah, that was six months ago. We started that and it's already working. Like at the top of the piece, he goes, I thought this would take 10 years. We're talking eighties to nineties, nineties to now. Like, no, it took six months and already here's what we've got. And the rest of the thing is just him dumping for like the sum of 400 hours of video that you can also go watch. And all of this research that they've been doing in the last six months as they've been chasing this down. And this is him going, I think this works guys. And we need everyone to focus on it right now. <laughs> yeah, <there's, laughs> the piece is a call to action. It's interesting. It ends with him kind of being like, we just need to put computational capacity on this now. And we get, it gets weird. Yeah. There's a very uh, interesting, uh, I had a very interesting experience studying different branches of engineering and science and mathematics in college where it became very apparent to everyone that you started to see the same mathematical patterns across different disciplines. And all of a sudden you'd see like the same structure of an equation approximating two like very different uh, scientific concepts. And, and as you started to like build the math and you saw how like equations were derived from each other, you just, it was like unavoidable to see that there were just these connecting patterns. And even if they aren't like solid structures, uh, you can't quite point and see like how this connects together. You, it, it's unavoidable to see that there's just, there's some underlying connectivity. And so that like, it's, it's impossible to not want to chase <laughs> this down. And so the goal of what he's trying to do is say, wait, why, why do we have these different rules? It just seems like in our universe, all of our science converges into something. It this all con it's compounding and it like there isn't there aren't a bunch of explanations for things. There really are just there's there's just one somewhere 
that everything else comes from, which again is a very weird the concept time... for science, but also it's it's a very godlike concept, right? Yeah, and 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 there's and it traces to weird things. I've I've like I distinctly remember the first time you talked to me about this, probably 15 years ago now, because it the the headspace it put me in, in part because of the edibles that we had had, <laughs> caused us to leave a Tom Petty concert early because I was just like I can't I can't I can't do it, man. I can't we ruined right that concert. Now. I think we ruined that concert right for everyone now. around us too. <laughs> uh, um. That's why we left early because I was aware that the woman next to me was just like, "You're in my way," and I'm not, not into fractals. No, no. <laughs> it's the wrong time I'm to be talking about fractals. Talking about fractals, uh, but like to trace it even further back, we were using Wolfram Mathematica at the time that we had access to it in like high school. To like, it's just a fun thing to do to make fractals. Like you can replicate. You just punch the right equation into Mathematica and say, "Graph this." And it'll graph a Nautilus shell. Looks like this, you know, little seashell thing that you can find in the real world. Mm-hmm. Like, or you can do another graph that will realistically represent uh, a sunflower, um, mm-hmm. like seed pod in the middle and stuff, right? Like, yeah, that's um, un- that's just so unquestionably an underlying mathematical driver, right? Like you just look at those things, you're just like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what is going on in that? And they all look like, go look at a whole field of sunflowers. Right. And you're like, what the so, hell? That's like a graph. So that's like a graph from math class. And so the thing is, when you start to chase the idea that you can use computational capacity to figure out what's in the world like that, which is what the core of that fractal geometric math is about, mm-hmm. right? which literally I just was, that was the program we were using. This is such a linked chain for this dude to have gotten to what he thinks, you know, but like, uh, he also has a great post about his work style that I thought was great. Like he has a little, he, he wears a little like strap around, like imagine one of those like speakeasy cigarette girls, you know? He has a thing like that with a laptop with a cell signal so he can walk around his property yeah. but still be talking to people on his laptop. It's amazing. He's an amazing goofball. He's a great he's an amazing human. He's got a lot of blog posts on his website <laughs> um, too where he like really goes into what his setups are like. Uh yeah, right deep. Buy this yeah. piece of hardware. Yeah. Uh, but uh 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 Yeah, so basically like it's worth at this point, I, I don't know what to do except direct you to the post, which is to say, like, these are all the reasons that I'm kind of like, OK, interesting. Uh, you should definitely look at the post because they literally have these graphs and they lay them next to seed pods. And it's just like, OK, so this way of thinking about this problem is already reproducing biology. And now you're sweeping in a whole new sect of science. Never mind unified you know, the theory of everything, you also got to explain biology, which has cancer in it that we can't explain. Right. So it's weird. Like, but, but we are seeing that. I mean, that starts all the way back at recognizing that coastlines are fractals, uh, uh, flowers, fractals, physics simulations in movies are, you know, they use fractal geometry for the part that blew my mind in this is like we frequently talk about when you look at the interconnection of search terms or the interconnection of websites, like the the core realization of Google's page rank 
was that what matters more than the data on a website is the other data that organically links to it. This is what his paper is about. He, he literally calls them hypergraphs because it's like, what if we thought of our graph as a system of hyperlinks, just like the internet? When you map out the internet, it looks an awful lot like a neuron. And his simulations really quickly start to look like really deep biological things where we're also looking at things at a microscopic level all the time. And, and then you go, oh, geez, that looks like a neuron. And that neuron looks like that universe mm-hmm. cluster that we were able to look at way the fuck out there. So like, uh, you know, uh, even if we're running a simulation, there's no reason to believe that that simulation wouldn't be indistinguishable from human biology and possibly this coherent concept that Wolfram thinks is the key to the theory of everything. And what the fuck when computers can produce it, we're for sure living in a simulation. Like that's the, that's the natural progression, right? As soon as we invent a computer that can simulate, then all of a sudden we're like, oh yeah, I get it. (laughs) 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 Joke's on us. (laughs) us. But like, right. So it it ends up back in that philosophy place, which is like, um, uh, 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 it doesn't matter for how you lead your life. Like, which is the essence of of many religions, right? (laughs) But it's also like the only way you can possibly like my experience of this is, 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 is studying philosophy and getting to that point where you're just like, yeah, I can't reconcile free will anymore. And I need to find a way to live anyway. And you just can't ignore it. You feel like you have free will and that's all that matters. That doesn't sit well with a lot of people. <laughs> that is, that's that's the answer i that's what i've gotten from that's the fun model. answer i freak out about this that's <laughs> that's the fun answer is that it's just both it's still the right it's still a, a you know yeah hell of a ride <laughs> or whatever <laughs> hell of a ride um but uh yeah go read that go read that post and i gotta be honest more, explain to alleviate it to, uh, anyone of of concern or uh or of judgment as you're reading that post i got almost nothing out of it <laughs> it's just very dense and and com- complex yeah, completely. And there's like, a lot of math to follow I, as soon as i stopped understanding the math i started looking at the graphs and then <laughs> i was reading the explanations of the yeah. graphs and it's like oh yeah okay so that was organically as far as you're considered as a as a computer scientist because you're just like well we gave it this one domino and we went Poop. yeah and it machine learned its way to be this way but like Literally, when you look at their articulation in a 3D space, they immediately start looking mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a that's an amoeba, and that's a paramecium, and that's a virus. And like, they immediately start taking on these things that we recognize even uh, in, in primordial, like, single-celled context and go, oh, that, it, that, just, mapped a, that just mapped a worm neuron, like, at least in terms of what the data looks like. Uh, when articulated based yeah. on the connections above all else. And what'll be cool is every time we make these new uh, discoveries or every time to say it a different way, every time we invent like a new way to kind of predict what's going on in the universe, uh, we, we uncover 
or one could say we create new stuff for us to go check out, right? Like the concept of atoms, for instance, has actually been around for a really long time. Um, but it was only relatively recently that we actually got to manipulate things, the level of atoms. And, uh, one of the things that came from that and no judgment on the concept, but like in terms of its prolificness is nuclear weapons and nuclear power, right? These, like you can take something the size of a baseball and blow up a city. No judgment aside. uh, That's absolute fantastic magic. Right. But that was something that came out of these, uh, out of mathematics and just thinking about stuff. That's weird. That's so weird. It starts with uh, Richard Feynman and his cronies sitting in a lab with a chalkboard going, what if we do it this way? Holy shit, it works. Can you imagine doing all that stuff with fucking chalk? You would have to say it in like 50s radio. Boy. How dry would your skin have been? I, my eyes would be all oh, irritated. And like your fingers would be all cracked. That but seems also awful. everyone smoked pipes. So like they didn't, they couldn't smell shit. <laughs> Those were tougher people. <laughs> Those people were much tougher than I am. I need like a finely moisturized hand. Uh, to get through my I need to go. <laughs> oh, I need to moisturize my fingertip. <laughs> uh, that's such a terrible way to. But like, uh, <laughs> that was a very weird way to say that. That was a very. I know weird it slipped under the audio, but I want to make sure you pull that out and <laughs> put that somewhere in the episode. Absolutely. Uh, word. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, the article is dense. But the reality is is just, I think, the ultimate thing that's crazy there is, okay, so if it does turn out to be, like, um, we're going to build some kick-ass video games, uh, maybe get weather, and uh, warp, warp drives figured out. Warp drive. Hell yeah. But you won't know, because it'll just be a hoverboard, and the kids will be using it. That's <laughs> freaking awesome to do. <laughs> the jetpack i was promised thanks for hanging out for another engineering podcast uh, if you want to keep it going go to the link in the description otherwise i'm adam um brian stay chill everybody they don't know